We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Well, 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 yes, indeed, it is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton, one of the teammates, and I'll be introducing the other teammates for tonight as we get into the broadcast. But I would ask that everyone take an opportunity and um, pray with me. I want to dedicate this broadcast to the Lord and also dedicate it to ourselves and our learning of what the Lord says. Ergo, Bible Info Brokers. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for the privilege and opportunity once again to come at this time to honor you, to glorify you, to be about your business in this format. We just never want to take it for granted, the life that we have in our body, so we thank you for that. You didn't have to continue our lives like it's going. We didn't have to be here, but we are. So I just ask and pray that we take advantage of this opportunity to, again, glorify, honor, respect, adore you in doing this format. But at the same time, we will be edified. We will learn. We will take an opportunity to see what you say about the questions that come forth and the listening audience will participate. Then we want to give a biblical response a biblical answer, what you say, Lord, about the situation. Excuse me, what you say about the question. And that's what our intent is. So be with us, Father God, and everyone else that is listening out there, be with them. Let's take this time. Let's dedicate this time. Let's prayerfully consider what this time can be for not only now, but for the rest of our lives, how we might be able to get a golden nugget, a pearl from you through your word that would help us with the rest of our lives and help those that are listening, helping those that would call in and those that would participate on the various formats that we have. So without further ado, Lord, I just want to thank you again for the privilege of life for myself and everyone else involved with this broadcast. And we just thank you and praise you because of who Jesus is and for his sake. Amen. A listening audience. Being one of the teammates, I'm going to introduce the other teammates momentarily. Well, let me do this. Gabriel got all the engineering stuff set up for us, so we're going to have a seamless show from an engineering standpoint. Now, from a telephonic standpoint, got to get my word in there before the folks try to uh, take it from me. You can call Eric right now, one of the main teammates that will make you get on this broadcast. You can call him right now if you don't know the number. Here it is, 888-995-KKLA. Numerically translated, 888-995-5552 is the number, 888-995-5552. All the other formats we have are very simple, and all you got to do is go through those formats as I give them to you. Bible Info Brokers is the address for tweeting, emailing us at our .com website, 
Facebook, Messenger, Bible Info Brokers, all those formats. If you happen to be on Facebook, you're listening to us and you're watching us on Facebook, I appreciate you. I'm kind of waving out there in Facebook land. Go ahead and type in your name. Let us know that you're there. Click a little emoji or whatever you you want to do. Just check in. Let us know that you're listening to us by way of Facebook, and you can actually get your question in there. And while you're on Facebook, go ahead and navigate through. We have some very interesting things on our Facebook page. So also... If you want to send us a message by way of email, just BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. You can do that also. And also, let me go back to Facebook real quick. If you're on Facebook, please take an opportunity to click that share button, the little arrow going to the right. Click that button and let all those thousands of friends you have out there in cyberspace know that you're listening to Living by the Word Ministry and thus you're sharing it now. And futuristically, they can get it on the archive shows, be able to get shows going way back, way back, a few years back. So without further ado, I've already introduced Eric. Gabriel's taking care of the engineering. And I want to introduce our professor, my resident professor, the one I affectionately call PCH, Professor Craig Hawkins. How you doing, sir? Gerald, good evening. Good evening to you, sir. How are you? Not bad. Well, you got the text I got. Our dear friend Brian won't be with us tonight, and I pray that everything is okay with him. And I actually had a like, little gift for him. I brought a bag of goodies, PCH. And um, I'll save you a few. I have some for the next time you come down, so never, never forget about you. It's not as sweet as we normally go for, but it's there nonetheless. So, PCH, what's happening with you? Anything going on that you want to talk about before I take these calls? No, just keep them busy. A lot of ministry, so. Yeah, man. Looking yeah. forward to the calls, the calls tonight, Gerald. June, Craig, June, six months into the 2022 year. Are you with that already? I mean, does it seem like it's fast for you or slow for you? you well, June bloom, as I always want to think of, but <laughs> um, as far as weather-wise, but it just seems... Uh, it seems, I'm not saying it is, but, but you'd think, it, it feels like life goes faster and faster the older you get. Yes, sir. <laughs> like it took me forever to get to 12, and then 16 to 18, 20, 21, 30. Yeah. And ever since that, life is just flying by, Daryl. I like the way you stopped at 30. If you just double 30, you can get into where I'm at. I won't say about you guys, <laughs> but I like the way you stopped at 30. That's, I remember 30. I have pictures of 30. You know that I may have no, I didn't see you that out. That picture was a forty something. But anyway, that's another story. But PCA's listen, we're gonna go ahead and get to the calls and I'm gonna invite the people once again. Call in. We have some open lines. Eric is ready to receive your phone call. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. And everything else, all the other formats is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you have anything technology-wise that's on, if you're on the phone, turn it off so we won't get any feedback. And those that want to send the question in by email, Facebook, tweet, or messenger, is Bible Info Brokers on those various formats. And we appreciate those questions as well. But let's start off in Lake Balboa, PCH, and talk with our friend Timothy. Timothy, thanks for holding on and calling in, brother. Hello. Hi, Timothy. How are you doing, sir? Uh, just great. Um, my question today, um, well, I, I let me give you a little back story to it. Okay. So in the early 90s, I grew up listening to, you know, quote-unquote Christian heavy metal. That was a big deal in the early 90s, but then it um, went away. But inside of the um, most of the cassette albums was this pastor named Pastor Bob Beeman, 
I think demons, but um, it was one of those little um, blurbs inside talking about the album and that he's a pastor and all this stuff. So I guess about 30-something years later, mm-hmm. he has a um, YouTube show. He, he's pretty theological sound, in my opinion. But uh, anyway, today I was listening, and it really caught me off guard that he never married. Okay. And my question is, um, first of all, if you guys are familiar with Pastor Bob, and the uh, follow-up kind of question is that, I thought pastors were supposed to be married to be a pastor. Interesting. PCH, must you be a married man? And notice I said married man. That pronoun is emphasized. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting well, already. But what do you mean by man? Yeah, well, I, well, I know what I mean by woman. I know what I mean by man. <laughs> but um, a married man, does a pastor have to be a married man, PCH? No. I think it's generally a good thing. I think there's a number of reasons for that. But but no, there is no uh, command. There is no guidance says you have to be married. In fact, it appears Paul was not married. Now, At the time. They're not, mm-hmm. we're, we're not sure that if his wife had died. We're not sure if he was married, but to be a member of uh, the leadership in Israel, he would have had to have been married. Um, so either it appears his wife died or... Uh, that she maybe she divorced him because of his Christianity, but either way, Paul Paul's very clear. In fact, he contrasts himself with Peter as an apostle. He says, "Do we not have a right to leave, uh, have a wife go with us, like Peter and the other apostles?" So, so no. Uh, when we look at Timothy, it just simply tells you if you are married, this is this is the way it should be. You should be a one woman man. You should be faithful to your spouse, and so on and so forth. And I think there are really great benefits to being married. I would have to say with my, you know, my wife, uh, she, she really does compliment me. She sees a lot of things that I don't see. She has gifts and insights that I don't. And so I really do honestly believe that because of her, I'm, I'm more equipped uh, for, for ministry. And she has, again, insights and, and, and gifting that I just don't have. Uh, but back to to Tim's question, uh, no, it is not a prerequisite. I, I think it's generally good. Let me just give another reason, because in the pastorate, you, you deal a lot with marital counseling issues, and not that it can't be done, and that's the definitive reason, but if, uh, my view is it's kind of hard to give advice and stuff you've not done yourself. Uh, so, but, but that's no biblical, having said that, that's no biblical commitment. One has to be to be married. So, yeah, it's 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 not it's not the typical Christian. But Paul talks about that that it's it's everyone has their gift from God, and if you're not called to be married, or you've never, I have another really good friend, and he's wanted to be married. He's just never really found anybody that he felt he was compatible with, and was really uh, really committed to the Lord like he was. Uh, at least he doesn't meet somebody like that, and he's never married, and. You know, he fully loves the Lord and really is a, a strong believer. So uh, there you go. Right. Yeah. Um, at, uh, are you, were you familiar back in the 90s with Pastor Bob from Sanctuary? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and it was a real haven for those who were into heavy metal um, music, and uh, I knew people who were who you know that really administered to them. So um, I have no problem with that. I'm very supportive. I mean. It's just like, look, I don't dye my hair purple or pink or green or whatever. I don't, I don't have any tats on me. Um, but, you know, I, I don't look down on those who do. And I'm glad that there are people who minister to those who, you know, into that or body piercing or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm glad that there are those out there who uh, that, that have held some interest to them and, and they're able to minister to people who are. It'd be a much poorer world if everybody was like me. I'd have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, and ditto for me as well. Timothy, great question, man. Appreciate your call as usual, man. God bless you. All right, thank you. All righty. Just like Timothy, folks, you can call in if you desire, 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. Eric is so efficient, Greg, and you know how efficient he is. He gets those phones, get those questions up. Get us ready so that we can have a seamless show. And he's doing such a fine job. Let me honor it by going to his next caller. And that's Joy in Costa Mesa. Joy, thanks for holding on and calling in. And what's your question for the night, dear Joy? How are you? Joy, are you there with us? Joy, I hope you don't have the radio on until you're hearing a delay. Joy, are you there? What I'll do is I'll put Joy on hold right quick, Craig, and then get into the question I wanted to actually start the broadcast off with. But it's okay. We take calls. We have questions always in the in the batter's box, as it were. Okay, so I'm going to go back to Joy because I was a bit informed by the voice, that strong voice we have, that she's on line one. So let me bring Joy up. Joy, are you there with us? Hey, I am. Oh, I am. You, you was hearing me say your name, and I was on the wrong line. Oh, no, something happened. It was my fault. It's okay. So wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Let me make sure. It was not our dynamic a screen caller, Mr. No. Eric. Right? Okay. All right. Cool. No. I think I, no. <laughs> he's standing I up. I another call. <laughs> All right, George, before but, you get another call, let's, I, let's get into your question. But Okay. Well, first of all, I did send in at the professor's request um, – but apparently Brian doesn't see it or didn't get it. Yeah, well, let, yeah it, it takes a little while for us to get to these things sometimes. We have a very small crew, okay. so okay, just hang okay. in there with us. Well, sure. No, 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 but I have another question from the same study Bible. Okay. And I also, I also sent this with it so the professor could read it or have read it. But it's clearer than the other one, so let me read it from John oh 5. Uh, what? Sorry? Mm-hmm. No, oh, go right uh, about being born of the Spirit and well, the water and the Spirit. You know, Jesus said, unless man be born of water and the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So can I read you what the reference Bible says? The well, Bible? How, as long as it's not too long, George, I want to get give the professor no, no, opportunity. No, no, it's yeah. not. All right, go right no, into I it just then. Hear, I just want to hear his comments, if he approves of it, agrees, or what. Okay, let's get so right into says, it then. Go ahead, Joy. Yes. Jesus referred not to literal water here, but to the need for cleansing, like quoting Ezekiel 36. When water is used frequently in the Old Testament, it habitually refers to renewal or spiritual cleansing, especially when used in conjunction with spirit, in conjunction with spirit. And he says numbers and other passages. Thus, Jesus made reference to the spiritual washing or purification of the soul accomplished by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God at the moment of salvation. 
required for belonging to his kingdom. So he's saying that the, you know, the water refers to spiritual washing um, by the Holy Spirit through the Word as we read the Word. Okay, PCH. What say you, PCH? Oh, you know what, Craig? Actually, we uh, we did a number on Craig, so we're trying to get him back there. And if he didn't hear, we'll go through it again. It's okay. We, sometimes we have these okay. little technological things going on. Okay. But I'm I'm, sure. I'm I'm gonna leave you right there, George. I'm gonna put you on hold for a second. I'll bring you back on when we get PCH, so we can deal with that question. But I do want to talk to the audience about some of the things that's going on and they can do while we set up. And I don't have to do this later on. If you're inclined, ladies and gentlemen, please take an opportunity to go to our website at Bible Info Brokers, BibleInfoBrokers.com. And take an opportunity to navigate through there. And as you navigate, you can go to the resource section. I very much encourage you to do that. And under the resource sections, you will find all kind of information that you might be able to, you know, use, download, take advantage of. A lot of articles were written back in the day, a lot of uh, different links that you can um, go to so that you might be able to get uh, some information that can help you and grow you up in your, your most holy faith, as I say. And for those that are unbelievers out there, I never want to forget the fact that I don't just pre- presuppose that we have nothing but believers listening to us. So if you're an unbeliever, take the same opportunity to go there and take advantage of our resources at Bible Info Brokers, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Now, CPCH, are you back on there? <laughs> now, 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 Craig, I have to ask you now. It wasn't breaky time, was it? <laughs> Tell that to the union rep. <laughs> Excuse me. Indeed, I will. I'll be talking to him later on tonight. <laughs> anyway, let's bring Joy back on. Did you hear Joy's question at all? Oh, you got cut off. No. Okay. No. What I'll do is I'll have, we're going to do the abridged version because he's dealing with John 3 and the spirit and the water. But let's give her an opportunity. I Joy, can... got you back on. I'll got Craig really... back on. We do a quick abridged version, real fast. I'll do it really fast. I'll do it really fast. Okay, so it's regarding John 3, 5, where Jesus said, except man be born of water and the Spirit. He's saying that it's not a literal water, but it's the need uh, for cleansing, like it says in Ezekiel 36. When water is used frequently in the Old Testament, uh, habitually in the Old Testament, refers to renewal or spiritual cleansing, especially when in used in conjunction, um, conjunction with the Spirit. But then he says, um, Thus Jesus made reference to the spiritual washing or purification of the soul accomplished by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God at the moment of salvation, required for belonging to his kingdom. So he's saying it's not literal water. Now, PCH, are you, are you aware of who she's saying he is, this pronoun that she's using? <coughs> who is the he, Joy? Have you mentioned that already? Because I didn't get it. The he? Who was oh, the he? I'm the sorry, commentary. My study, the study. Oh, sorry, my study Bible. The same thing last week. Yeah. I didn't. I called in with the. No, that's fine. What, just tell me the person's yeah. name. Tell me the person's name on the study Bible. You want me to do that? Yeah, please do it. Okay. It's John MacArthur's study Okay, Bible. thank you. That's that's great. I mean, if, if, you know, if I, I like very much. That's fine. That's very good. PCH, what say you about this particular um, pericope of scripture? That's a that's a common view, Joy. This one here, uh, that's very common. Uh, 
Most, in fact, commentators think it's not to be taken literal. The ones who would take it literal would be it's only as what there's four or five and some six major views, and one of them is is that it's literally born of water, but it has the idea of, of water being used as the placenta and this and and the ambiotic sac and the ambiotic fluid. Uh, so that. But that really only applies to that view. Most of them see it. Wait, in other words, it's physical. You're saying physical birth and then the spiritual birth. That's what it's referring to. That's some. Well, that's one major view. And that one would, except for that view, the rest of them are going to say basically it's symbolic. And remember, a proselyte into Judaism would, would be baptized. It can be the idea of the symbolism of baptism, depending on one's view of baptism, with the water. So. That's not. That's not. That's a standard view. There's nothing unusual about that. Okay. Okay. I never. So I, I, don't, I don't have any problem. Not being literal. You don't that? have any problem with that. Okay. No, but I mean, there's okay. many things. I mean, Christ claims to be the bread of life. Is he a little loaf of bread? Right. I mean, he sees the door, and oh. now he's a door, or God's a consuming fire, oh, now he's a fire, cool. a blast furnace, I'm, or some. I never thought of that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Thank you. Okay. That helps a lot. Thank you, Joy. Okay, Joy. Appreciate, Appreciate you as usual. God bless you, sweetheart. And uh, look look for the other one. We will. We will do that. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen right, it yet, Joy. All right. Bye-bye. As well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, like Joy, like Timothy, you can call in. You can also email, tweet, uh, messenger us questions, go on Facebook, type your question in there. We're going to deal with all these questions. If you want to call Eric, we have those open lines right now, 888 He won't have a pofa. 888 is the number to call in right now while we have some open lines. Take advantage of it. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers at Facebook, email, tweet, our messenger is those questions. PCH, I did want to talk about real briefly, or actually take as much time because I think this is an important question in regards to we going through right now chronologically in Proverbs. And I just want to just, can you give a general understanding of the Proverbs? I remember when I was a new believer back in the 70s and I was coming out of the science of mind in that teaching uh, you know, sort of, you know, you know, you know, I don't have to get into all what the teaching is, you know, sort of metaphysical and stuff. The, the the Proverbs, I used to think that the Proverbs, you know, are more like um, this, if you do this, this will happen. And a lot of them say that, that if you do this, this will happen. And I said, and I treat it like an exact science, ergo science of mine. And, and I come to find out that it's not an exact science when you're doing dealing with the Proverbs. It's more of a probability, you know, it's more like. Uh, this is the likelihood that this happening if this happened. Can you talk on just a general uh, view on what Proverbs are and why they're important uh, that the Holy Spirit use? Well, we could certainly try. Thanks, Daryl. Yes, so Proverbs in the Old Testament and the kind of the counterpart is often seen as James in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And it's and now Proverbs is written in Hebrew. But but the Greek word phonesis kind of describes what it is. Phonesis is practical wisdom or prudence, what we call prudence or practical wisdom. It's being wise. What would the wise person do? It's not necessarily moral. Sometimes the wise move is also the moral or ethical move, and sometimes they're not the same. So, uh, but 
but they're they're principles, Daryl, and they're not laws. So, or, or scientific laws, if you will, as you kind of were, were mentioning there, uh, that would be a mistake. Because clearly there's some people who, who, who live a godly life and end up dying young. And so the idea that if you do live a clean, a clean life and live a moral life and a godly life, most importantly, you're going to live a long life. That's just, just not true. So there's conflicting things that, that happen, but they're generally true. It, by the way, it's just kind of like the idea people refer to the law of sowing and reaping or cause and effect. And... Uh, that what a man sows, he always reaps. And that's not true, because, for example, we reap salvation by the grace of God. But if it was true that you always get what your sins deserve, we'd all be going to a crisis, Christless eternity. Right. So these are principles. Raise up your kids, and even that is actually mis- often misunderstood. But people think, well, if I raise up my kids in a Christian home, they'll never go off the deep end right. or otherwise. That's not what it's saying. This is the right or thing to do. It's still the general, the good thing. But, you know, there's also another saying, Daryl, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> Come on, how Murphy. Come you, on, Murphy. <laughs> yeah. How many times have you done something that was really a good thing and it ended up costing you? Yeah. I'll never forget the time I stopped to try to help somebody in an accident. I used to sort of got in my car. I had a 65 Corvette, and it got totaled. The guy... <laughs> I just ran into it, and I, I was thinking, well, great, you know, I stopped to help somebody, and this is what I get, and lost my car, but, but it was in college at the time, I couldn't afford to get it fixed and all that stuff, but my point is, we've these are principles, they're, they're true, uh, but they're not absolute, they're general guidelines if you do these things. I mean, let me give you an example that perhaps everybody can see, Daryl. If you eat well and exercise, you should have live a long, healthy life. <laughs> but there's people who still die young, and that's because they got in a car wreck uh, because of health issues. So it's a general principle. One should exercise a certain amount, and one should eat well. But that doesn't guarantee you're going to have a long life or a, a healthy life. You may live long and have horrible health or vice versa. It's But it's still a good idea overall to eat well and to exercise. You know, and indeed, I mean, when you mentioned the one about raising your children the way they should go, uh, it kind of stemmed from that. I happened to hear something on the radio that was sort of like a joke or a prank call, and a guy called a preacher. It is a real-life story. It was actually a prank call on the phone, on the radio. And a guy was calling the preacher, and he said, you know, look, my, my children, everything was baptized at the church, and, you know, we used to go to church, and he, you know, he said he hadn't been there for a while because he said after his children were baptized, he figured they saw, you know, start acting safe and start getting better. He said, after the kids got baptized, they start acting a little bit, you know, a little bit like Haley, uh, Hellions or whatever you want to call it. And then he was telling the preacher, uh, you know, you got to do something about this. <laughs> he was getting a preacher's case about it. I'm going like, okay, he's raising his kids. He took his kids to church. They got, you know, I guess saved and baptized. And he's calling the, the, the preacher to tell them that they didn't do a good job with this baptism thing and they need to correct something or have some other, other kind of program. And it was all about you know, pranking the pastor, and it was very interesting. The pastor actually got pranked, and then, you know, they straightened him out and everything like this. But people expect, and that's why I was going using Proverbs as an example, you said it clearly. They're not laws. The, the strong, it's a good probability that these things will happen in life, but it's not guaranteed, and I really appreciate that. Yes, 
And they're always the good thing to do or to avoid. Yes. It tells you to avoid something that's smart to do that. Right. And it's always good to do the things it tells you to do. But those but those in and of themselves are not a guarantee that good's always going to come out of your circumstances because of your actions or thinking. Indeed, indeed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have open lines. Is um, Don't be afraid of Eric. He's going to make sure you get through. Two people already got through today, and, and Craig is still with us. 888-995-5552 is the number. 888-995-5552 is the number. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers for the um, Facebook, email, tweet, uh, and also Messenger as questions. 888-995-5552. Open lines. Take advantage of it now. PCH from the studio, we have a question about Revelation 6. Revelation 6, uh, dealing with, I looked and behold a white horse. He who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Then the question is this. Who would the early church fathers say this is? Who do you say it is, Professor? Well, and why is it not Jesus? We don't know. Yeah, it's not him. It's just like saying anytime the word word, word is used, I mean, it's referring to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because he, this person goes out to kill, uh, and Christ will come in judgment. But that, no, this is uh, the four horsemen we, we, you know, we, we refer to. And so these are things... It's not even so much a person. It doesn't have to be a person. I don't think it's a person. It's a spirit. It's a, uh, and by spirit I mean, I mean the zeit, the German zeitgeist, not a spirit like a dead person or a so-called ghost, which doesn't exist. But, but the spirit of the age and, and it's uh, war and and so on and so forth. So. Anyways, yeah, I did. whoever it is, it's not Jesus, and I don't necessarily take it literal that it's a person. It is it is an overall movement that's going to happen upon the earth uh, during that time when just literally millions of people are going to be killed. I mean, think of COVID. Wow. I mean, in, in one sense, think of the effects of that. And imagine something even more virile uh, or, or, or more nincompoopish. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, what's some dumb advice that some of the things that the CDC did and who, you know, the World Health Organization mm-hmm. and so on and so forth, uh, the conflicting advice and all that. And imagine something, you know, that even more potent than COVID. I mean, with the so-called global village with travel, I mean, literally, you know this, Daryl, of course you travel a lot. I mean, in 24 hours, you can be all the way around the world. Yeah. I mean, you know, but so diseases can spread so quickly today. Particularly, you know, then the issue of, of some of viral infection uh, just it can be devastating. So, I mean, unfortunately, I think people in the future are going to see some horrific things, uh, a world worldwide pandemic. But, but I mean, far not. I'm not making light of it, but far more serious than than COVID. Indeed, PCH. You know what? No, you know, no greater words you can say about that man because we get lost into meanings and I'm going to bring up a question about misinformation so I want you to get your mind and gear about that uh, momentarily. Uh, Robert I see you calling in we're going to get to your question as well but let me take an opportunity right now to let the people know how they can participate. Now Brian usually give you information I'm going to give you the same information on how you can participate in giving financially. We never never want to take it for granted that everything's going to be the same. We've got into the uh, the habit sometime of not 
requesting and letting people know how they can participate financially, Craig, and we, we've ministry-wise suffered for it because it's our fault. We should be asking and then put it up on the people, let the Lord lead and direct as he has all these years. So we're going to do just that. We're not going to have any bells or whistles, send you any prayer cloths or any water or anything like that. We're just going to give it to you straight. Most ministries need your financial support to stay on the air, whether it's TV, radio, put up these websites, do all the associated work with the broadcast. We get no salaries. There's no regular salaries for this. We'd love to be able to uh, pay the gentleman that work in this ministry for 20-plus years. Imagine you working in ministry 20-plus years and don't get paid a regular salary, even though you're, you're worth your hire. You're worth, you're worth you know, doing what you do. You should get honored and uh, taken care of by ministries. But uh, these these brothers have been so gracious, living by the word over all these years. I want to publicly thank Craig. I want to publicly thank Brian, also Eric, for just working the way they work without a quote-unquote salary. But folks, if the money was there, they know they would get a salary. But that being said, here's how you can participate in keeping what we do have going like you have done for 23-plus years. Go to our website. That's one way to do it. You can support and donate. There's a button you can simply click at Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers, when you click that support and donate button, the instructions are so clear and easy that, not me easy, not the nickname, but easy to do. One page, support and donate there. You can give recurringly. You can set up for a one-time basis. There's all kind of explanations there where it can simply walk you through it, about a paragraph and a half. And you can give by way of internet there. And you can see all that information. If you want to write a check out or tomorrow get a money order, mail it. I don't know what it costs to mail things these days. Probably $6,000 for a stamp. But if you want to put that $6,000 stamp on the envelope, please make the check out on the money order out to Living by the Word. If you want to do the initials, LBTW, we try not to do the initial thing because it's too close to something else and you can figure it out. But Living by the Word, make it out. The check, money order, Living by the Word. And then address the um, envelope to P.O. Box 90477. That's P.O. Box 90477 in Los Angeles, 9, bunch of zeros in the middle, and end with a 9. So that's 90009. Once again, write the check, money order out to Living by the Word, and then uh, address it to P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, 90009. Now, PCH, you usually don't talk on this subject matter, but I'm going to just ask you, because you've been in ministry much longer than Brian and I on radio and on, on air, and we've had different people who we used to talk about, especially um, um, bookstores and Christian ministries that we wanted to support, but they actually went out of business because people were not supporting even bookstores that were putting out solid material. Craig, just talk to the people real briefly about why it is important to support ministries that they're getting fed by. Well, that's just how God's ordained it. That's the lifeblood, and it's just really simple. It's like anything in life, really. If if you believe in it, if you like it, you support it. Think of a restaurant. Of course, food one of my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) My, my, your examples. (laughs) No surprise there. Not at all. (laughs) But seriously, you know, would it make any sense to say you like a restaurant, but you never patronize it? And, and, you know, obviously people have to eat there. They they got to pay the bills. I mean, so... Well, we have bills here, and that is radio expenses and so on and so forth, production, the website cost, what have you. All those things are unnecessary. Um, 
they have to be paid. Um, you know, that's just how it is. I and mean, how does it get paid? It, uh, by people who believe in what we're doing, who believe that God's working through this ministry, and and that's what it's all about. And you, to me, you've got to be kingdom minded. You minded. Daryl, you've got to have an internal perspective. If you think this life is all there is, well, yeah, then save all your money and hoard it and and spend it on yourself. But if there's really more to life than just this world, and there is an afterlife, and if people really are eternal and valuable, then we want to be investing in people, and we want to invest in the kingdom of God. And bottom line, Daryl, that's what it's all about. What's your vision? What is your view? And it's to say it crassly, it's the old phrase, put your money where your mouth is. Indeed, indeed. What you believe, and then support what you believe in. And, you know, Craig, the Bible actually talks about the, the idea about you support you support because of what's in your heart. Where, what is it? Where your treasures are? Uh, there, I mean, where your heart is, there your treasure is also. It just it just deals with the idea that it's a heart issue. And, and the funny thing about this heart issue is just like our kids, you know, when they're growing up, they they don't pay anything normally to live in a house unless there's some special thing they're doing as far as acting or something like that where they're making a, a bucket of money. But the idea is that even though I remember on birthdays and give giving and all that type of stuff, you actually give your kids the opportunity to earn some money around the house. If not, people usually, I mean, my parents used to give us money and dad say, hey, okay, make sure you take care of your mom on the birthday, anniversary, those type of things. So the Lord actually gave us everything we have. It belongs to the Lord. We are stewards. This stuff is not ours, Craig. Even though we have it, we have control over it, we're stewards. From the biblical perspective, and if you're a Christian, even if you're not a Christian, it's still the Lord. You probably just don't know it. But Christians, this stuff is God's, and we should be proper, good stewards with it. Yes, sure, Daryl. I believe David talks about it at the end of, it's mentioned, uh, some words of David, I should say. He didn't write First Chronicles, but he referring to him at the end of the last chapter, talking about how, how delighted he was to see how generous God's people were in giving of the supplies, yeah. particularly of precious metals like gold and silver and others, for the building of, of the temple, the, the temple mm-hmm. under his son. And, but David makes the point explicitly, Daryl, you're absolutely right, that, that look, uh, while he rejoiced at what the people gave, but he, he acknowledges that all we gave is what you gave to us in the first place. Indeed. We're only giving, you know, just like you said, your parents, your dad gave you money to get your mom a, a Mother's Day gift, uh, so that what we're given really ultimately is from God in the first place. You know, and that's so true. And even back in David's days when they were building the temple, people really got it because they were given so much that they had to tell them to stop. They got enough. Got enough. And, and that was an interesting concept. I mean, I'm, how many churches have ever told their folks, hey, look, you got to stop giving. You just get, you gave too much, God. We're way, way beyond what we need. Hmm, just a thought, just a thought. Well, let's get back to these phone calls, PCH. 888-995-5552 is the number. 888-995-5552. Eric has open lines. He's ready to set you up. Please give a call right now. Take advantage of it. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers. You can go to Facebook. Let us know that you're there. Put your question in there. Email, tweet, messenger, Bible Info Brokers, or the format, BibleInfoBrokers.com for our website to send us an email. But let's right now, Craig, go back to the telephone and talk with Robert in San Fernando Valley, old place I used to live back in the 50s. Hey, Robert, how you doing, sir? Hi, sir. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, I have a question. I was watching a, a documentary with some theologians on there, expert guys, and they were saying that 
reincarnation was part of the Christian doctrine up till 553 A.D. Hmm. Uh, so I was wondering if uh, the professor has any comments on that, because it kind of blew my mind. Yeah, I want to know that, too. That <laughs> PCH, reincarnation of Christian so doctrine. You want to you hold on, Thank Robert? You you wanna, we'll take you off when you no, hit no, I'll answer. Take it, I'll take the answer okay. off there. Appreciate you. you, brother. God bless. Uh-huh. PCH, reincarnation, Christian doctrine? Right, and, and I appreciate Robert's question. Thanks, Robert. I'm always amazed what scholars say. Like the old commercial. <laughs> yeah, what do y'all be saying, Craig? What y'all be yeah. saying? <laughs> Who are these cheesy mothers? You know, I, I've had a dime for every sc- scholar, real or imagined, who says something bonkers. Uh, I'd be a multimillionaire. In fact, let me quote a scholar. I'll quote from Rene Descartes, 1638-39, Discourse on Method. To it's not a verbatim quote, it's awfully close. There's nothing so bizarre, but there's not some college professor teaching it somewhere at some university. Uh, the bizarre things uh, are found among scholars and academics. There's no end to the foolishness and nicompoopishness that academics believe. I was just looking at something the other day uh, of a book that I, I got it because it's nonsense, but I, I have to read this stuff. I need to have gone through it and the arguments, but a scholar proving that uh, a particular practice is actually biblical, and it's like, this guy's bonkers. I mean, it's, so there are people who are well-educated, but they're not, they're not the brightest bulbs. Um, and, and, and were they simply to false conclusions based upon false presuppositions? If one starts at a wrong place, you typically only go downhill from there. And so when they buy into false presuppositions, like I can't believe in the God who would do this or that, or that just can't be true, and they 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 circumscribe the answer, uh, it's a form of what's called pragmatic view of truth. There's what's also what's called methodological pragmatism. I'm not referring to that, which is simply a method, hopefully an efficient one, for example, how to figure out who committed a homicide or how a particular person died. Was it an accident? Was it natural causes? Was it suicide? Or was it foul play? Well, there's certain evidence that would tell you how a person died. You know, God forbid, but uh, we need to know those type of questions. So this is dealt with in a number of books. Uh, uh, There's the Reincarnation Sensation by uh, Norman Geisler and Amano, A-M-A-N-O. There's a book by Mark, as uh, I say, Bubeck. That's another author, another book. But uh, Mark Albrecht, uh, Reincarnation, a Christian, a Christian Critique of a New Age Doctrine. Mark Albrecht, Reincarnation, a Christian Critique of a New Age Doctrine. Walter Martin did a booklet on reincarnation as well, and Robert Morey. There's a bunch of stuff. But I've actually written on this. It's in two of my books. I talk about this stuff. There's a number of problems with this. First of all, so the idea is that the big bad council, Constantinople, the second one, 553 A.D., that the Bible was tampered with, and allegedly it used to teach reincarnation, and that these doctrines were expunged, and specifically the date is 553 A.D., that's because it's the second council of Constantinople. Well, number one, we have the record from that council, and it wasn't even dealing with this issue. That's number one. Number two is the problem with this subjective theory is we have full copies of the Bible, Sinaiticus, Alexandrinus, and others, 100, 200 years plus before. In other words, around the 300s and the 400s, we have several major manuscripts of the New Testament 
and the Old Testament for that matter. And guess what? Uh, there's no passages missing. So in other words, it's one thing to claim that there are passages that were expunged, that was taught one time, but then you'd have to look at these manuscripts that we have, and we would expect before 553 we'd see these doctrines. After 553 we wouldn't see them anymore. But that's not true. The manuscripts are the same before, during, and after. So there's the objective evidence for that, but that's not true. Uh, furthermore, I mean, so we can look at the historical arguments. We not only have the over 6,000 Greek manuscripts, but we have uh, books of on church history, on Christian practices and beliefs, for example, by Eusebius of Caesarea, not to be confused with Eusebius of Nicomedia from the same time period. Sorry, I couldn't resist that. Yeah. Um, at any rate, uh, there's theological problems, moral problems, but by the way, the whole Bible, the whole tenor of the Bible is, is against reincarnation or transmigration. They're not the same thing. They're related, by the way. I can give a definition if you want in just a moment. But but at any rate, you'd have to expunge the whole Bible because the Bible teaches substitutionary atonement. It teaches yeah. we're all messed up, we're all in trouble, and and God deals with that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So, so there's a number of problems. Reincarnation, let me give you a couple, uh, three or four uh, things to get a handle on. Uh, number one, reincarnation teaches you lived multiple lives. But the Bible tells you, Allah, uh, Hebrews 9.27, is appointed unto man once to, d- to die, and then the judgment. The Greek word is hapax, once and only once, once and for all time. So the normal is you die once. And that's it. Now, some would say, well, you die, and then you're judged, and then you come back again. No. The analogy is just as Christ died once and only once. Christ didn't die multiple times. He died only once, and that's the analogy in the word H-A-P-A-X, hapax in Greek. So that's number one. Number number two is reincarnation, transmigration, teaches you save yourself. Mm. You save yourself through your knowledge and or through your good work. So you either meditate or help the little old ladies across the street at Calcutta or whatever the case may be, or you're saved through your knowledge. You realize your alleged divinity. So it's good works and or knowledge. That's number two. The Bible says, no, for by grace you say through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Furthermore, number three, closely related to two, is is that the Bible tells us very clearly we're saved by the mercy of God. Elias, manifest kindness in Greek. For example, you find that in Titus 3, uh, verses 4, 5, 6, through 7. Uh, but in verses 4 and 5, you see that you're saved by mercy. But in reincarnation, transmigration, there's no place for mercy. That's the third point again. It's literally, I owe, I owe, it's off to the will of reincarnation, I go. So there's no place of mercy. You must pay off all your karmic debt. You must. Nobody else. At least that's in all forms of reincarnation. The only possible exception is really is... Um, uh, through Pure Land Buddhism. Uh, Pure, Pure Land Buddhism teaches that a bodhisattva can actually help you get into a, in one lifetime, into a place that really makes it possible, much easier to be saved. But even there, you still got to do good works. So that's a key difference. 
And last of all, really, you need to understand that what almost always goes with reincarnation and transmigration isn't just paying off negative karma. That's not really it. Mm. It's, the problem is you don't realize your alleged divinity. And so point number four, and the most damnable, the most messed up of all these, is that you're really divine. And the problem is, as is taught in the Course of Miracles or in the various forms of Hinduism and so on and so forth, is that you're divine and you don't realize that or you're potentially divine, and that's the problem. So your problem isn't your negative karma that, that, that's got to be worked off. It is that you don't realize your alleged divinity, and that's, that's the issue. And so, once again, though, you have to save yourself by your good works. There's no place for mercy, number three. And as well, the Bible teaches you only live once. So there's no manuscript evidence for this from works outside of the Bible, books on church history and doctrine. There's no mentions of this as well. In fact, there's refutations of it by people like Irenaeus and others. So I've just beat this thing into the ground, I know, but because it deserves such. It is, it's not supported. This is only believed by people who've never taken the time to really do their homework, and it's kind of like, well, you know what? Uh, and you know, here's some bizarre view, and people buy into it because they just assume that scholars, you know, know better. Scholars believe this. No, I'm a scholar. I I know better than this. I've researched this extensively. It's not true. So, uh, I, Robert, that's a lot. I know, but I hope that helps. And if I uh, kind of gave you like trying to get the proverbial drink out of a fire hose, you can always go back on our website and we listen to this answer. I know it's kind of long, but uh, there you go. You know, PCH, well, one thing you didn't know, that I'll be traveling to India <clears throat> with um, my adopted Indian family out there. You know, my dear place sister, Angelina, passed away two years ago. Then her daughter's um, father also passed away four months after she did. So this 22-year-old girl in India, name happened to be Darolina, I get an opportunity to meet her for the first time and around July, mid-July, and be out there for a couple of weeks. I will be calling you, man, and talk to you about this. I'll be listening to what you just said about this because I will have the privilege and opportunity to be in the um, house of my one of my dear friend's father, who is a, a Hindu priest. I'm, I'm not if I'm saying it right, but I'll need to be a little bit more knowledgeable about that and talk about the things like that because with a perfect opportunity uh, to discuss and share Christ. This gentleman is like in the 80, 82, 83 years old. And because of all the way he lives his life, talking about health, the picture of health, I think he puts us to shame, Craig, and he's about 20-plus years older than we are. But we'll be talking about that, man, because when you have an opportunity like you do when you travel, <clears throat> like I do when I travel maybe on a more personal basis, it's, it's very important that we know some things to be able to hold a conversation. Never know how the Lord is going to use us in these various ways. And it's, it's so super important uh, that even I'm looking at some of the Facebook questions we have. Christine wasn't able to stay on, um, but she left a question that's going to be dealing with unbelief. And so I want to get into that right now, PCH, before we go well, on the sure, other side of the break. Girl, but if I could just, uh, yeah, just say one or two more things. Yeah, please do. Here. Please do, man. Yeah, the other problem is the problem of evil. Yes. People have this naive view that they're going to escape the wheel of what's called samsara, mm -hmm. and then they'll end evil. But this is the Ferris wheel ride. This is the Ferris wheel ride, kind of like by Freddy Krueger. 
if this is really true, then you'll never the will never ends. You can only escape it for a little while. Uh, there's a saying in, in, in the Eastern thought that creation and evil are simultaneous and synonymous. If there is a manifestation of a physical world, it's by definition evil, and this evil never ends. By the way, why are you punishing yourself or being punished for you don't even know what you did? That That's the bizarre part. You could say, well, at least I should know what I did to get in trouble in the first place. But but you're being punished for, and you're actually punishing yourself for what you don't even know that you did. And so this horrifically causes the problem of evil. And if people want, I have a whole paper actually on this. I've written some books as well, but I have a paper on this, on reincarnation, transmigration. So there's just all these problems that if people stop and think about it, you've got to deal with, and the evidence just doesn't support it. So there you go. And, and, and again, that's a way to have a conversation with people, especially in California where there's so so many various uh, belief systems out here. I mean, your next door neighbor, your workers, everything like that. So when you get an opportunity, you need to take it, but you can take it with the knowledge and take advantage of these resources. Like I said earlier, and Craig just gave you more information on how to get to the resources. Now, PCH, I think we only have about four or five minutes uh, before the top of our break. So the question that Christina had is in dealing with Moses and the Israelites and unbelief. I'm somewhat tempted to get into the gospel message now about what we need to believe and why, and then deal with her question on the other side of the break about the Israelites not going into the promised land. What are your thoughts about that? Because that's the question coming up. How do you want to deal with it? you want to talk about the gospel now and then go to the well, other how much side? Time, how much time oh, well, we, we have about four minutes. We have about four minutes. Well, sure, Daryl. We're just talking about this, and, and reincarnation is the view you always come back, at least as a human, lower social economic status, but you always come back as a human. Transmigration, more the Eastern doctrine, like as in Buddhism and Hinduism, is that you can come back as a stink bug or, or a tree or part of a tree or whatever. It's not just human. Mm-hmm. You know, you, can, you could be uh, definitely lower on the uh, totem poles, animals and all kinds of stuff, and stink bugs and cockroaches, you name it. Uh, so that's why they didn't even want to p- kill flies or fleas, for example. But, Daryl, this goes to the heart of the issue. You know, why are, why are we here as humans, and what what's the nature of salvation? As I basically mentioned earlier, Christianity is the only religion of all the religions that teaches one is saved by the finished work of God, that you're not saved by your works, either your belief that you're divine or potentially so, or your good works or working off negative karma or otherwise. You're saved by the grace and mercy of God. That's it, pure and simple, Mm -hmm. only. God's paid the penalty in full, only he can and so you don't come back, you don't work off all your negative karma. Uh, you'd have to be perfect, and you're not going to be perfect. You've already messed up. So the difference between Christianity, which is resurrection and not reincarnation, it's resurrection is for those who trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and give up on trying to save themselves. Again, if you understand it philosophically, the will of reincarnation would never end. You can only get off it temporarily, and it, 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 eventually it always starts up again, and you're on it, because Freddy Krueger's running it. Mm. So the wise person sees this and realizes we were made for fellowship with God. We, But to have fellowship with God, we have to have a relationship. And you don't, unless you've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's, Daryl, what it's all about. So resurrection is so radically different than reincarnation or transmigration 
or any form of works righteousness where people think, well, if I have more good works than bad works, okay, I'm not that good, but I'm not that bad either. And if I have enough good works, I can be saved. I can save myself. No. The wise person, just like the wise person knows, you can't do open-heart surgery on yourself. That's not yeah. happening. You, you need to have, a, and hopefully you have the best surgeon possible and team of doctors to do that. Well, we have the divine physician, the Lord Jesus Christ, who knows what ails us, and that is S-I-N. And for those who acknowledge that, repent, and ask for forgiveness, he gives to them their eternal life. Excellent job, PCH. The music you cannot hear is in the background. We have about 30 seconds left, so let me invite the people on the other side of the break. Start setting up right now. Inundate Eric. He can handle it with phone calls. 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. Call him right now. Also, go to our Facebook page. Send us an email question. Tweet us a question. Messenger us a question. All those formats, Bible Info Brokers. We'll be back after these messages. <laughs> 